Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Ryan Turner, your registered dietitian, and hopping back in here in our voice channel in the Discord, just talking all about recovery. We had a great request from one of our superstar uh, past clients, but just someone that I look up to for how much she puts into all of her training, um, I think even with clients, just herself. So it's amazing to really be able to jump into this, um, really being spurred by uh, a real life person or someone that just ends up having um, some interest in it and just needing a refresher, as she kind of put it. So talking about all, uh, all recovery nutrition, I think it's important to understand uh, why we're doing it. Why are we exactly jumping into recovery nutrition. If we don't know the purpose, it might not be all that interesting. So I think it's good to start with understanding what kind of activity that you're currently doing. If someone is doing more strength training, resistance-based training, if they are doing a lot more endurance, maybe they're training for a current marathon, it helps to really look at where nutrition is going or where food is going. Because not only is it going to be important for us to look at really just recovery nutrition, but it's going to be important to look at what we're doing um, just from the beginning too. So even your pre-workout, which can affect your post-workout. So let's first kind of look at two different scenarios. Someone who is going to be focusing more on resistance training well, recovery is going to be a little bit more beneficial to make sure that we're going to be able to recover and get back to our lifting. We want to make sure that we're getting stronger. Some people might want to be putting on more muscle if they're not just looking at overall strength. And the purpose of our nutrition is to make sure that we can get that muscle recovered and repaired. And so when we think about what that nutrition does, we know that we have our protein to repair our muscle. We will also want to make sure we're thinking about replacing any of the energy that we just spent in that resistance-based session. So it's going to take carbohydrate, stored carbohydrate in our muscle, we want to replace that kind of thing because I'm going to always be working with someone who is not only just lifting and is, um, you know, just active in the gym, they're also active outside of life. And so it's important to make sure that we're replacing that energy so they can get back to work, they can get back to their kids, they can get back to anything that they want to be doing and having the energy to do it. So, uh, you know, we start with those two things first, right? We have um, what we always kind of start with the four R's of recovery. Some people will say three, we can go with four, but um, that first one, as I said, is going to be um, uh, repair. We repair with protein. We allow ourselves to take in the amino acids necessary to promote muscle synthesis, muscle regrowth, muscle repair, so that we can now make sure that we get stronger. We replace all of the carbohydrate that we burn, the stored energy. We get the carbohydrate back into our muscles, and we also want to make sure that we're going to be rehydrating, and that's going to be coming from liquids, water, teas, uh, you know, the water and protein powders that we're mixing together, uh, the water and fruits and vegetables, all those kind of things too, because our muscles can become less hydrated as we sweat through a workout. And the more that we stay underhydrated, the more that our muscles can um, just be challenged in terms of repair. So we want to make sure that we're hitting on that too. And that fourth R is always going to be rest, because a lot of what we do in terms of recovery is during sleep. Our muscles do its best recovery and actually growth in periods of rest. When we're recovering, while we're sleeping, and while we sleep, we're actually able to help make sure that we're releasing things 
like testosterone and growth hormone, um, all of those are important. And if we aren't sleeping, we just aren't going to get to the point where we are actually recovering optimally. And less sleep is actually going to be associated with lesser outcomes. Lesser outcomes uh, in terms of muscle growth, um, slower recovery time, more soreness, um, and even injury, right? Um, I forget the exact amount of sleep, but usually six hours or less for sleep for active individuals is associated with uh, with increased uh, muscle, um, with uh, decreased muscle recovery, but tendon, tendon tears, muscle tears, all of those kind of things that we want to make sure we're staying away from because that keeps us away from the gym and therefore not continuing to progress. So those are our four R's of recovery that we always want to think about. And we can get very granular with that per person in terms of how much protein do we actually need, right? So going back through those four R's of, uh, of recovery. So when we think about protein, we want to make sure that we're just getting in it. Number one, let's just make sure that we're getting protein post-workout. Um, and the amount is going to be dictated by each person. A wonderfully small person is going to need less than a wonderfully large person is. And so just simply we can think about, um, you know, wh what are we doing with the protein? Why, um, why would we choose other proteins um, over others? Is because the amino acid that we know as a leucine is really what helps kick off the most optimal recovery to make sure that our muscle is repairing the best way that it possibly can. And leucine is usually found in higher amounts in a lot of our animal proteins. It is going to be found in plant-based proteins just at lower amounts. And so we do want to make sure that we're finding a higher leucine protein to help us recover. Uh, one thing that people are very aware of is always going to be whey protein, whey protein powders, because it is very high in leucine. And also when it comes in a powdered form, in a liquid form, it's going to get delivered to our muscles more rapidly. And while there's not going to be a specific window that we really want to, you know, scare someone with and be like, if you're not eating within 20 minutes after a workout, you're going to lose all of your gains. Um, that's, I think, the wrong way to approach talking about recovery. It's more about making sure that you know that really getting that nutrition in closer to the end of your workout, you will reduce the incidence of DOMS, that delayed onset muscle soreness that you usually feel like two days after. Um, you're going to increase the ability to just repair that muscle just more effectively. So I'll tell someone, just go eat a meal within, within at least two hours. Just go do that. Um, and if someone's able to, the faster that they can get it in and um, the faster uh, absorbed uh, that food is, it's going to be best. So if we have a high leucine protein um, that can get absorbed into the muscle quicker, it's great. So that's where whey protein really comes in there. But again, plant-based proteins can be great, but just if someone can go eat a meal within an hour, toss out the whey protein. It's not going to be so necessary. And the amount that is really found to be most optimal, and this is where people get to a point where they think, uh, you know, I've, I heard you can only absorb 20 grams of protein. So, you know, that 42-gram protein drink isn't necessary. Or that Chipotle burrito that has 50 grams of protein is just completely unnecessary, and it's just going to lead to unwanted weight gain, which is a whole other discussion. But really, what we can think about is making sure that we get about 0.26 grams of protein per pound. Uh, whenever we're really eating, right? So 
Um, most importantly is just getting the amount of protein you need, you really need in throughout the day. And we can roughly say that anywhere between like 0.8 and say 1.1 grams of protein per pound is going to be optimal for recovery and muscle growth. Um, but per meal, bolus, uh, you know, getting it into our body in one meal, about 0.26 grams per pound is really where we find the best response to muscle regrowth, muscle repair, and all of that kind of stuff there. Um, so that's protein, right? So if we understand kind of the purpose of it, if we understand how much and the sources, and that's a really quick overview, I think that's really helpful for some people. The other thing that I want to make sure that you go into is going to be thinking about your carbohydrate for your uh, for your uh, replacing your for your replacement of energy, and so I would simply just make sure that any of my athletes, any of my very active individuals, don't sell yourself short. Protein only after a workout is not going to support you to feel great the hours after your workout. So make sure that you're going to get some of those carbohydrates in, carbohydrates from fruit, you get it from vegetables, get it from starches. Obviously, starches are going to be a lot more concentrated in carbohydrates versus a non-starchy vegetable will. There is something here where I would say, if you want, if you've ever heard of this before, there are ratios that people will kind of base their recovery carbohydrate or their recovery meal on. They'll say, you know, uh, it could be a one to two or one to three or one to four protein to carb ratio. So if you are someone who's going to require about 30 grams of protein to recover optimally, a one to two ratio would be 30 grams of protein to 30 grams uh, to 60 grams of carb. Sorry. So 30 grams of protein could easily end up being, you know, uh, chicken breast, and then 60 grams of carb could be uh, some sort of rice with beans and then maybe even some fruit in the side. That can end up giving your 60 grams of carb. And someone who's actually, their workout required more energy, it could be helpful to go up to one, a one to four ratio. So now we know that we're going to be going from 30 grams of carbohydrates. Now we're going to go up to, uh, sorry, 30 grams of protein to 120 grams of carbohydrates. So that one to four ratio. That would be great for a lot of my distance runners, uh, great for a lot of my college athletes. Um, people that are really strictly focused on performance, it'll be greater to go ahead and replace that energy um, in that post-meal, uh, post-workout meal, just by going a little bit higher. I would just say the limited amount, if I had to direct anyone, I would just say you need to get at least, at least a one-to-one -one ratio. One-to-one -one ratio of protein to carb. 30 grams of protein to 30 grams of carb. That's at least. Just get that in and it's going to help you recover best. There is one myth here that would have, that has been around that will say that you will uh, actually absorb protein a lot more efficiently with the addition of carbohydrate, um, which is not exactly the truth. Um, so, you know, people think that if you, that if you spike blood sugar um, with your protein, uh, you know the meal that you have protein in, you spike your spike your blood sugar with added carbohydrate. It's gonna it's gonna uh, uh, produce an insulin spike. And that insulin spike is gonna promote better absorption of protein, and it's just not the case because actually protein by itself brings up our uh, brings up our uh, our blood glucose, and therefore it will bring up our insulin, which is also why. There's a whole world here that we talk about when people try to just go high protein. They're thinking they're keeping, you know, their blood sugar completely low. It's like no, the protein can bring up your your blood sugar there. 
The last one in terms of, I guess, food is really going to be your hydration. Um, and if we're speaking strictly on post-workout, one thing that I love to make sure people understand, and I'll cut to the chase, I'll say get at least 16 ounces of some sort of liquid in post-workout, which is why something like a, a beverage that is a dairy-containing beverage. It could be whey protein, chocolate milk, people have heard before because a chocolate milk has protein just because it's milk, right? There's protein in milk from the whey and also the casein that's going to be within there. It's also going to have carbohydrate because it's going to end up having the lactose. A chocolate milk will have added sugar in there. Um, and so you can easily get a one to two ratio protein to carb ratio in there right away. And you also have the addition of your um, of your fluid, of your hydrating fluid. And so you'll have the water in there as well. And you can drink a 16 ounce uh chocolate milk and that can definitely help you and you have everything in there with the addition of something that's incredibly important for rehydration which is going to be your electrolytes so things like your sodium and your potassium your chloride your magnesium what am I missing there hold on let me just think this through so we have our sodium potassium um, magnesium uh, chloride and calcium, right? We have our five there. So all of that is going to be within uh, within that dairy beverage. And so we sweat all of those out. And some at faster rates like magnesium and sodium, those will come out of our pores quicker as we're sweating, especially if it's hotter out, if we're a heavy sweater. Um, what's really cool is Gatorade actually makes um, these sweat patches that can uh, help you understand if you're a heavy sweater. And if you're a heavy sweater, that might end up meaning you need more water um, post-workout, but also more sodium. Um, and then that would help us dictate, okay, what is a good post-workout beverage? Because maybe you think that your high-potassium uh, coconut water is going to be the best thing for you, but it's really lacking sodium, and that might not be the best thing for you there. So you might want to have something that has you know, a saltier snack post-workout too. So um, anyway, kind of went off there a little bit. But um, I said post-workout, get at least 16 ounces of some sort of um, beverage. But really, more specifically to somebody, if they want to understand their sweat rate, it'd be great for you to weigh yourself before and after a heavy sweating workout. Um, and you can figure out your sweat rate. Is you know, if you if you were to weigh yourself, say you weigh 130 pounds at the beginning of a workout, and then you weigh yourself after, and you didn't drink anything during your workout, which wouldn't be recommended, but you didn't drink anything during your workout, and you weigh yourself after and you're 128, then you lose two pounds um, during the workout right there. Uh, and your sweat rate is going to now be, um, be calculated from that. And so for every pound you lose, you want to be replacing with about 16 ounces of water. So if you ended up losing two pounds, then you'd be taking in about a full liter of water, just trying to get it in within you know two hours of your workout. And that can help you make sure that you reduce your DOMS, just replace your fluid, just recover better. It can help with overall cognition so that you're not dehydrated. Uh, so all that together can be helpful. Um, but here, like in terms of hydration, fruits, right? Uh, uh, what I just have at home, we have peaches at home. Peaches are awesome right now. But these peaches, those can be 80% water. Oranges can also be that. Uh, berries can be that. So making sure that your post-workout, it can be a smoothie that you maybe you're not adding a bunch of fluid to, but you're adding fruit to, and that can end up um, helping replace all of that. So those three R's of recovery, strictly from the nutrition standpoint, your protein, uh, your carbohydrate, and then also uh, your, your fluid. 
and then you, just to make sure we're touching on it again, is just your overall rest. And it's just so important. I see so many people, so many type A, very active, very driven, educated people here in the city. They're more than willing to work out eight, nine, ten times a week. They're doing doubles on some days. They're doing the hardest workout they can possibly find. And <laughs> your body's not able to recover during that time. Remember, your your body will recover and grow best when it when it has time off. And it's not saying to take weeks off at a time. It's just days. And I think that we're all kind of um, aware of that, but making sure that we think about rest. Sleep in particular is where I'm going at, but look at your sleep, your sleep hygiene, your sleep habits. Are you sleeping um, not just uh, enough, right? You can be sleeping. You can be laying in bed for eight hours, but you can be restless. So you have the, the quantity and the quality. Um, certain um, certain wearables right now, your aura rings, um, your whoops, those can show you how your sleep is. Your whoop will show you your strain. Your aura ring will show you your restlessness. Um, but it's a great idea to understand, again, both quality and quantity of sleep so that you can know, am I getting into my deeper, my deeper stages of sleep? Because especially during the first period, the first half of your sleep, that's all focused on your body, on recovering your muscles, on making sure that you are um, uh, promoting growth hormone and testosterone, estrogen, releasing all that during sleep just to help recover your muscles. And again, if we're not sleeping enough, you're not going to really be hitting that. It's not going to be great. So, um, Anyway, that is, that's the quick and dirty side of recovery nutrition, um, and everyone's different. I mean, some people, they don't have the time post-workout to eat, or they're not hungry, and that's a big uh, challenge, especially when it's hot out. We are very likely to just not have um, uh, an appetite post-workout, one, because of the blood that has been forced to our brain and our muscles and away from our stomach. And so we might not feel hungry. We might actually feel nauseous during sometimes too. Um, and so people are saying they don't want it, which could then indicate uh, a greater purpose for things just like liquid recovery options like drinks. Um, so we just want to think about all of those. So, uh, you know, we can get down to specifics per person, um, but I think we ran through some of those right there. Uh, but let me open up the floor. Ashley, I know you're in here. Ashley, any questions about recovering nutrition? Hey, Ryan, can you hear me? I can. Awesome. Um, this has been great and a great refresher for me. Um, I can tell you, I have historically had pretty great recoveries following a lot of these tips um, with nutrition in general. My sleep, unfortunately, kind of kind of never changes. It kind of stays pretty much like I get around six, seven hours. I'm mm -hmm. up pretty early, go to bed a little bit on the later side um, just with the fall of the day. But um, my question, I guess, lately, since it's just been oppressively hot here in D.C., just mm -hmm. like just awful, I'm wondering um, if you have any like tips maybe um, in terms of the amount of, I, I'm kind of leaning towards it's my hydration issues, but when it comes to before, during, more so than after, because I feel like I do chug a lot of water, a lot of like, fruits after workouts, get some carbs in. Um, any suggestions on maybe amount and I, uh, stay hydrated before and during the workout? And let's, let's call this a pretty heavy strength workout. Um, with a little metabolic conditioning in there as well, maybe around like an hour to an hour. 
Yeah, so let me, as always, <laughs> even when I'm in one-on-one sessions, I'll say I'm kind of talking out loud as I say this. So mm-hmm. let's make sure that in our mind we're kind of resetting and going to just very general uh, type of recommendations. So for um, any person, I'm going to end up recommending that they end up getting between like 80 and 100 ounces or close to like two and a half to three liters of hydrating fluids a day. And the reason I say hydrating fluids is because we want to make sure it's not just water because even your coffee and your tea um, can be within there. Even things just like take into account some of your fruits and vegetables. So some people are like, I don't want to drink that much water. It's like, you don't have to. Let's kind of look at what else you're taking in. So I would start there, right? Because I always try and come back to that theory of Occam's razor, right? You're, you're feeling maybe underhydrated. It's really hot out, right? Are you at least doing the simple things, right? So... Um, how much fluid do you feel like you're taking in, not taking post-workout hydration into account? Hmm. That's a good question. I feel like before workout, I'll probably maybe a glass of water. Definitely like less than 16 ounces, um, but maybe around eight. And I'll, I'll try to get some coffee again, so we count in a cup of coffee too okay. before workout. Now I'm feeling, and I'm just trying to remember, uh, your workouts are tending to happen in the morning. They're a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. So, it, and are you basically feeling you're like, I think I'm going in under hydrated at the moment? Yeah. And I can tell you, just like in the past week, I almost feel like the soreness is, it's already coming on as I'm working out. And whether that's because the workout's intense, but I have never experienced this where I've had like days after just like really legs are just sore, just dragging. Okay. Got it. So let's, oh, I hear your question about hydration and now it's bringing me back to just some other things just as reminders to think, okay, I'm hearing Mm -hmm. soreness because if it's strictly going to be something that is uh, more focused on under hydration, right? Less than optimal hydration. I might hear certain things like, um, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm overheating. Uh, I feel as if I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting dizzy. I'm getting lightheaded, right? Those are things that can be very associated with your, uh, with your hydration. So what I'm hearing right now though, is that you're kind of talking about post-workout soreness and, Mm -hmm. Is that really where you're at a little bit right now? Yeah. Okay. Pretty bad. <laughs> so just to make sure, because we can definitely stick within hydration there. And I think something that I would go towards at the moment, I would want to, you know, remind people if they're eating a very low carb type of um, diet right now, then that could be something where their body and their muscles are not going to store a lot of water, right? This is something why even someone who is going strictly keto, that they would actually need to make sure that they're drinking a lot of water, that they're actually supplementing heavy with vitamins because their body uh, is not really going to be able to absorb and store all those water-soluble vitamins. So let's say that if you are going to bed with a dinner that was very low in carb, your body can be less likely to pull in and store that water and then be used for, uh, you know, during your workout right there. So you can wake up underhydrated, as we know, because we can be underhydrated when we wake up just anybody. And so if you go into sleep underhydrated and then wake up again further underhydrated, then you're going to go into your workout really challenged there, okay? Uh, So... Th- that is kind of where I would go with that. You can also think about at nighttime just adding some carb into your dinner, doing a couple extra bites of carb, in fact, 
Um, you can, you know, focus on maybe even just getting a piece of fruit, doing like that even before bedtime. And then in the morning, you can make sure that you're having, you have your water, you said 16 ounces, maybe a cup, maybe it's only eight ounces, a little bit of coffee as well. So all those things can work. And just to make sure, coffee is really not dehydrating. It's not the most hydrating kind of thing, but it's not dehydrating unless we're taking like caffeine pills. Um, you know, actually water itself and caffeine coffee uh, is, uh, you know, they can be just as hydrating as times, but they're definitely not dehydrating. So just making sure that we know that. So just in case that's in your head. So what I'm getting at here is let's rule out hydration. Let's rule mm -hmm. out if your body is actually going to be holding on to that water uh, in a beneficial way. But again, I'm hearing soreness. And so I'm thinking, okay, how's calorie intake? How is protein intake? Right. So kind of coming back to some of those really those post workout, you know, those those first two hours of nutrition. How do you feel like you're doing with your overall intake? Are you currently in a position trying to, you know, be more in a body fat loss phase or are you really focusing on performance right now? Uh, probably leaning towards but not quite in like the strictest of deficits that I've been in uh, when I'm really, really on those numbers. Sure. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so there I would just say you have to accept the fact that if you are focusing on, you know, you're in a body fat loss phase right now, and a lot of people are, right, as we're approaching the end of summer, people will even continue this into, say, September or so. Um, and so just accept the fact that, you know, we're not, we're definitely not going to be at um, at maintenance calories. And so figuring out kind of where that is, and I know that you that you have a good handle on that, just try and think, okay, how far am I from maintenance? And I would say the further you go down, this is the language I use, because you know this, um, you know, as we get closer to 70%, I'd say it's really, you know, we're not really promoting um, really good muscle health if we're at 70 or below. So make sure that you're at 80, 90%, in some of those heavier workouts right now. That would be, you know, optimal at the moment. And then to do that, I would say just start to increase a little bit of your of your of your calories just around your workouts. So maybe even before you go into your workout, if it's something and your stomach can handle it, try and take in, you know, something, a little bit of extra uh, calories and I would say even like even an extra like 60 calories from like I'm thinking like applesauce or like a little like um you know those like little baby packets of like food little squeezable packets like yeah, even the go-go squeeze yeah, for, yeah something like that or even if it's just like straight like applesauce kind of thing but just see how your body kind of feels going into it and that's just like getting some carbon before it's no different than actually yeah. eating you're just getting in a form that's already kind of broken down and easier to, to digest um you could try like a swig like an honest like mouthful like three ounces four ounces of some sort of sports drink as well kind of going in and then post-workout yeah. what you can think about is you know what are you doing post-workout can you kind of add a little bit more carbohydrate in there because most people i'm just going to generalize most people have their protein down so it's not that's not really the challenge there what are you doing right now for post-workout food though mm, i feel like um i've been sticking to like a some kind of shake and again like just hot and I, I think i've talked to you about this how when it's just like the weather is not conducive to like a heavy meal. I'll I'll default back to like a protein smoothie, but something with a little bit more substance than just the powder and like let's say almond milk. Mm -hmm. It'll be like 
the powder, maybe like have a banana, maybe some other frozen fruit on top of that. Um, add a little ginger, maybe like turmeric, you know, to give it a little bit extra. Awesome. Pretty, it's pretty light. Yeah, but pretty good. Yeah. Delicious. So look, I would challenge your body, right? Challenge it by trying to prove that you're getting enough right now. I would look to maybe just take in like, and I think people kind of think like, oh, Ryan asked me to eat more carb at night before an early workout. And they automatically think I'm like talking about a full burrito. I'm not. I'm like talking about like an extra couple <laughs> bites of something, right? So it could just be like, a, like, uh, like I love microwave rice. We have microwave rice all the time at home. Um, and so like you can do that and just like take like two extra spoonfuls even um, and see how that kind of works for you. In the morning, you can try that little applesauce thing if you want to as well. Uh, it could be even like half a banana before. And then if you're making that smoothie you're talking about, then have the half a banana after or just do the full banana like post-workout. So right there, we could be putting in, um, you know, it could be an, an extra say, you know, 25, 30 grams of carbohydrate at night, it could then be giving you like applesauce in the morning is not going to give you much at all, right? It's going to give you just a tiny like amount. So maybe like 15 grams of carb going into your workout and then do your full banana with your smoothie instead of half your banana and then give yourself another like extra 15 grams of carb. So it's not a lot. It's just challenging things. Um, And then, you know, how do I feel? Do I feel a little bit better right now? How is soreness? Um, But I definitely get DC. DC, I will always say, is the sweatiest place I've ever lived. I lived in (laughs) South Carolina. It was like, it was not easy on the clothes walking into work. It was like, I'm drenched. We're all accepting this. Yeah. Um, but what does that sound like to you? Does it does it sound like I'm trying to get away from the hydration? Does that does those sound practical to you? It does. And I really, I feel like you're probably right where it's just like not only been me losing a little bit more fluid and not taking it back in in the right amounts, but also just uh, paying a little bit more attention to the meals and the consistency with um the carb intake for the type of workout I'm doing. So, yeah. totally on board with that. Getting that oh my gosh, is this soreness real? And I feel like I haven't felt this sore in a while. So I'm like, am I getting like weak? Like, what's happening? Like, I don't <laughs> feel like. <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? Well, I'm. Yeah, no, just but just like just realize too, it is you know you are you already mentioned sleep. It doesn't sound horrible, but you said your sleep is a little bit challenged. So it could it just could be this compounding thing, right? So maybe your your calorie intake is a little bit lower than it needs to be. Maybe your hydration is a little bit lower than it needs to be. Your sleep is not optimal, but also your training cycle depends. Like, are you in a are you in a strength power phase right now? Or are you, you know, a lot of people are jumping into their their runs and endurance training just for upcoming marathons, right? So things could be changing and maybe we, we're not accepting or kind of promoting that positive take. We'd be like, I'm doing a lot more right now. I should expect myself to be a little bit, but I should also think that everything else should change. Is, is training kind of the same or has anything been different? I think I took a little bit of a break, honestly, after um... – boys at the end of June and let my body kind of recover and that recovery was probably a little longer than it needed to be but it felt good so I just took it and um and now I'm trying to build back up you know in like a progressive overload kind of regimen but sure yeah okay pretty hard um earlier this week and I was like oh wow it's already Thursday and I'm still uh feeling that (laughs) so (laughs) 
I'm okay, got it. Well, so let's just thinking about this, not that we need to make this into like a one-on-one session as much, but what is it right. that would define success for you within this in the next, uh, say, week, right? At the end of next week, if you wanted to know what success felt like, like what would that be? Be vivid, be vivid with me. Like what would yeah. next Friday feel like? I feel like if I can, you know, get in like my solid like two to three good strength workouts and keep the calories in a good place, like let's say for now, maybe like above 16, but not uh, not like above 1800 and find that kind of like fine line. Um, I think that would be where I want to try to strive. And I know that that sounds like a little bit more longer term, but next week, you know, feeling okay and not feeling as beaten up. Yeah. Okay. So getting your strength workouts done and too much soreness would obviously hinder that. So that yep. could be good. I'm hearing, um, you're kind of mentioning some calorie goals right there and yep. you know, it could just be something where you just, you can cycle your calories throughout the week too, especially on a heavier workout day. Try one day at 1800 even, right? That's not going to, it's not going to mess you up, um, in terms right. of body fat loss goals or body maintenance, body fat maintenance goals. Um, so just cycle it again, just test your body out to see, cause even if you were to take a day and it went to like 2000 calories or something, well, that's mm-hmm. still going to show you, okay, more equaled less soreness. So it doesn't mean you have to stay there, but it does mean that maybe you just have to move somewhat in that direction. Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of why there's like gray area here. It's not always, there's going to be that one answer, which I know, I know you're very open to kind of taking it, but, um, like just attempt that for at least like one of your workouts, um, post-workout or the day or the night, like the night before, and just see how it actually feels like here up at tone house, like Friday as a conditioning day, it's known as one of the hardest workouts. So a lot of my clients who jump into that Friday workout, what we do is we push their overall energy intake to the highest deficit possible. Um, and by, you know, very shallow within their deficit. And mm-hmm. that's to make sure that they can get through the workout. Cause if they can't get to the workout, they're not going to benefit themselves. And if they're not getting to the workout because they're low energy, they could be compromising muscle and anything we do to compromise muscle is going to compromise your end goal. So that's what we'll do. And then if we have to find a deficit deeper and on, on other days, we do it, you know, further away from that workout. And I know you get that, but, um, you know, really challenge yourself here to discover what that answer is. Cause you know what? You're not, you're not going to mess up. I promise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, is that, is that helpful enough? Do you feel like there's anything else that you kind of wish that we brought up or wish I had asked you? No, I think that this is pretty good and comprehensive and really brings me back to our days. Of good, great session, so. <laughs> well, always, <laughs> well, always, always jump in here. If you have questions, I always love your, you know, I want this to be a good platform for people to, know that we can connect right outside of just looking at IG posts. So, um, I'm so, I'm so glad to know how active you've been and extremely grateful and appreciative of you. So thanks, Ash. Yeah. Thank you. All righty. Well, with that said, then have a good weekend and, uh, don't be a stranger. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You too.